0: You ever fail. Are you listening? Damn. Welcome in to another episode of the Rantings of a Fancy Football Fanatic. I am your host, Jesse Moeller, aka JMoeller05. This week, I wasn't sure where to go with content. I had a few ideas, a couple brainstorm stuff came to me, but I couldn't really pick a topic. So I posted a question on Twitter where I was referencing all rookies are all their age. What's a topic in dynasty you believe needs more attention? And I got a bunch of good responses that I want to build a few episodes around. But one in particular that caught my attention. At Two fat guys, FF on Twitter said, Building a roster that is a consistent winner. And this is something a lot of people struggle with. As teams will go all in. And I mean by all in. They will build their roster with all... Post Apex Veterans, well you'll have lineups of Devontae Adams, Terry McLaurin, Cooper Cup, Derek Henry, Russell Wilson, all these older players. And they have they don't have the depth, don't have the rookie picks. So literally those rosters are what we call hanging on a cliff because at some point the production crumbles and when that happens, the value erodes. And you have this roster you can't do anything with. So To avoid that and build a consistent winner, I kind of wanted to go over a few things that of how I, they frame these teams in Dynasty Leagues. And realistically, it shouldn't change how you're building your team. You should always carry this mindset or this approach where it's about accruing value and or accruing production. And this could be in a rebuild or if you're running it back for a championship. The tenets or the core beliefs that you have for the Dynasty building, it doesn't change. And the first thing I wanted to hit on, that timing is everything. Now, this doesn't apply just to fantasy football. This applies to life, where you have that one moment, right? You were in the perfect situation at the exact right time, where, say, you met your partner for life, right? Or you ran into a friend you haven't seen in 15 years. Like, you can have these moments in life that seem so random, but for some reason, they worked out exactly for you. And this very much applies to Dynasty. You need to be able to see the issues and jump on that. And what I mean by that is, for instance, let's bring up Lamar Jackson, right? And his situation with with Baltimore where it's unknown and he technically doesn't have a contract, right? And his value has depreciated in the offseason. So you go in and you go get yourself Lamar Jackson at a discount. Or maybe it's a Cooper Cup. Somebody's worried about his ankle or the fact that Matthew Stafford... You know, might be retiring. These are the the keys you can take and use them to make your team better. Or for instance, you can take one of your older players. Maybe somebody really values Saquon Barkley, right? And they give you a deal well above market value. You take that deal and you run with it. It's literally um, a method you should take throughout and basically apply that 24-7, 365. For instance, this could apply to Someone devalue in rookie picks where they don't believe Bijan is a consensus 101. Maybe they're trying to trade back because they view the 101 close to the 104, right? You take advantage of that. Um, it's it's not just about value or youth. It's It's those two things and it's production. It should be one of those three things. Either your team should be accruing value, and that could just be perceived value, which we'll hit on in a minute, which usually is attached to youth. Because dynasty managers boost up young players that aren't necessarily producers. Now I'm not talking about the Justin Jeffersons or the Jamar Chasers. Those guys actually give you league winning production along with being very young. I'm talking about more of the Travis Etienne's, the Kenneth Walker, the T Higgins, the Jamison Williams, the TJ Hawkinson, these players. They all hold top 50 dynasty values in one QB League's. And in Superflux Leagues, all top 70 values, right? It's what I call the allure of youth in Dynasty. Players that chase after the youth, but it doesn't give you the impact production. And that applies to so many actual individual players in Dynasty, right? Or on the flip side, you have these older vets who aren't giving you difference-making production, but they still hold name cachet. Someone such as Terry McLaurin, and we have another wide receiver named DJ Moore who is approaching that territory. He's a few years younger, so he gets a little bit more leeway because he's younger. Realistically, it's the same issue, right? Neither one is making a massive impact onto your lineup. Now, it could happen this year where we all know they're very good wide receivers in the NFL. They're two of the better wide receivers in the NFL. But for one reason or another, they're not giving you that production. And if they're not giving you that production, what is that the value they hold in Dynasty resting on? Is it just age? Is it just perceived production this is what we want to take advantage of in dynasty because by doing that you're giving yourself an advantage over the rest of your league mates now before we jump into a little bit more of this we're going to stop take a little commercial break so we'll talk about the allure of youth and how to maximize it here win big with underdog the ultimate daily fantasy football app with underdog you can draft your team every day compete against other fans and win huge cash prizes Use the promo code FFLW and get up to $100 matched on your first deposit with Underdog. Now, what I wanted to get into is what I call tearing down without tearing down. And that sounds like a catchy phrase. It is. It's it's pretty simple when you get down to it. You're taking the perception of tearing down and using it to your advantage. Let's backtrack a little bit and talk about why tear rankings are so important and i how you're able to take advantage of tier rankings with this, right? So, for instance, let's say you rank your top 24 wide receivers in Dynasty, right? And you have the tier cutoffs where, say, you have your top five, there's a cutoff. You have your top 12, there's a cutoff. Your your arbitrary cutoffs, whatever your cutoffs are going to be, right? But in this scenario, you have DK Metcalf. How much would it take you to drop down from DK Metcalf in Dynasty, who's a consensus top 12 wide receiver, to Hollywood Brown, who's a consensus top 30 wide receiver, right? Using the two who have almost identical production the last two years in a points-per-game basis, we look at DK Metcalf. His 2021 season, he averaged 14.4 points per game. His 2022 season, he averaged 13.3. Now let's go to Hollywood Brown. His 2021 season, he averaged 14.1 points per game. His 2022 season, he averaged 13.0 points per game. So realistically, where there is a massive difference is their perceived dynasty values. So how do you use that to your advantage? You take DK Metcalf, you trade him for Hollywood Brown, and you get a sizable addition in the deal, right? Realistically, you could trade DK, give up a two, let's just say it's a middling two, you could get Hollywood Brown and get a mid one back in return, right? Now, which side would you rather have? Would you rather have the Hollywood Brown side, or would you rather have the DK Metcalf side? These are the advantages I'm talking about that help you in the long run. Now, if, you, if you're if you not a fan of that trade, how about if you take Jalen Waddle, a consensus top six wide receiver, and you swap him for Jerry Judy. How much would you want on top of Judy, or instead of Judy, say we talk about Debo Samuel, Devonte Adams, any one of those guys. Like, how much would you want on top to go from Waddle to down to one of those guys, right? These are how we should all be thinking of dynasty moves, where it's not the individual player you're necessarily attached to, it's the player plus the asset. And the asset usually comes in the form of a draft pick. And that's where he used what we get into stocking the iron bank or restocking the bank, right? You obviously don't want to go down to a player of the tier of Gabe Davis or Jacoby Myers. I love myself some Jacoby Myers, but he's very much capped from a ceiling perspective. But by doing these moves enough in Dynasty, you stock the iron bank, and you're not really losing production. Realistically, how much points per game difference is going to be between Jerry Judy and Jalen Waddle this year? Realistically, maybe like one or two, Right. But what you're getting is you're getting future ones added to your roster that you can liquidate in so many ways. And these are how you build these consistent winners in Dynasty where you don't rebuild, you never rebuild, you retool. And if you just just constantly do that, where you take the hot player, whichever the player that has massive value in your league, right? You find somebody who doesn't have as much value but gives you similar production. And you cycle this and cycle this and cycle this until you realize you're like, wow, I have eight first round picks the next two years, I have a bunch of seconds, and I have a team that doesn't look that different, right? And this would be, for instance, you can do the small the small value gains in similar tiers where it's like a Traylon Burks or Christian Watson. Christian Watson's a hot name, but realistically, they're in the same tier of players. So this is what you need to constantly be doing. And yeah, this is more of a volume trader approach if it's where it's within the same tier where it's really close players, right? Where you have to find someone who values one over the other. But if you go stretch the tiers out farther and farther, and push the limits out, the rewards get bigger, and the value gains get bigger. But this is up to you as the manager to determine where those tiers are, right? Jacob Sanderson had actually a really good post about a week ago on this where, where he listed the points per game, the expected points per game, the targets, the target share, air yards, and the age. And they were very similar. The names were hidden, but the age was massively different. But these are the kind of moves you can consistently make over and over and over, where you may be giving up some years of youth, but you're absolutely stocking picks for days. And this is how you win in dynasty. These are the um, these are where the advantages lie, right? Are you looking to play to win? Join the P2W Patreon and for $5 a month, get everything you need for Dynasty. We're talking about rankings, trading charts, strategy, buy-sells, player profilers, data, rookie profilers, and specific podcast drops. Use the promo code MOLAR when joining the P2W Patreon, and I will help you draft a team of your choosing, no matter the league, no matter the qualifications, I will help you to draft that team. So all that for just $5 a month. That's a cup of coffee. That's all it is. So join the P2W Patreon and use the promo code MOLAR. And what do you say? Are you ready to win? For instance, (laughs) Elijah Moore is worth almost the same in Dynasty as Keenan Allen. Is Elijah Moore going to outscore Keenan Allen this year? No, absolutely not. What he's going to give you is many years down the road, hopefully good production, but realistically, like not difference-making production like Keenan Allen would give you. So these are the kind of moves you have to determine want to make, right? And if you, for instance, if you are looking to make a move for a contender, that's a totally legit move. I would be 100% fine with that. Or, you know, like any one of these old guys I produce. So it's... Tyler Lockett, the Keenan Allen, those types, right? Who don't hold value, but they just give you production. And if you have these guys enough draft capital and young players on your team, it's okay to make moves like that. So these are the things you need to think about. Another guy who's really down in rankings is Brandon Cooks. You could get him for a random two, no problem, right? And if you stockpile these picks... You can do that. Now, Cooks isn't going to be a difference-making producer. We're not talking anything like that. But these are the type of moves. For instance, what about Jonathan Taylor? He holds significant value. All these guys. Every one of these guys should be tradable at a certain price point. You need to determine what that price point is and take advantage of it. If people need it, constantly turn it out and treat these players like assets because that's realistically what they are. I know we we love a few of these players. I love Christian McCaffrey. But I moved him this this offseason for a package of Greg Dolzich, Drake London, a f- and a future first. It was Christian McCaffrey to third. Now, my team was very much win now, so I needed some draft picks and I needed to replenish. And that one could hurt because the production is going to be less. That was a riskier move, but realistically, my team is still good enough. I still have Tyreek Hill. I have Saquon Barkley. I have all of these old producers still on my team. So getting rid of one or two of those guys and holding on to a couple and recycling in the youth, that's the way to go. Now I stocked another pick, a couple of good young players where we can make moves with those guys. And they're easier to trade. They're, e- they're easier assets to trade in Dynasty. This is what realistically the strategy should do and how you consistently churn out that winner in Dynasty. You can go a long way with it and really take on the risk of youth. So don't be afraid to constantly churn all those guys. If you get the right price and the right deal, you take it and you move on and you just keep recycling and reshuffling where you end up with a nice balance of got some youth, you got impact veteran producers, you got a ton of draft capital, and that's how we just work our way towards having some of the better teams in the league. And you're giving yourself the best chance to win each year. So that's what it's all about, because in Dynasty, it should be about winning. Now, I know people could take the one-year punt. That's a great strategy. You can do that. But this strategy is tried and true, and it works, where you don't necessarily have to do the one-year punt. So that's really up to you. Both are great strategies. It's just I like this one as well. So keep this in mind if you have a roster that you're unsure how to keep it continually competitive, right? Where say you're a middling team, which is never where you want to be in Dynasty, right? But that's it. That's say where you are. Take some of these principles, apply it to your team, see if it helps you not in the short term, but also the long term. And you'll see, over the course of time, you're like, this roster's looking better. My draft capital bank is looking better. Quote-unquote, the Iron Bank, right? And I've built a competitive winner year in and year out for the last five years. So, try that out and let me know what you think. Um, I wanted to thank you, once again, for stopping in to the Rancys of Fancy Football Fanatic. I'm your host, Jesse Muller, a.k.a. Jmuller05. Check me out on all the social media platforms. Anyways, ever. take care. We'll be checking in later this week. Are you listening? Damn. Damn. Uh